Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, call me. My main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey! This is escape, then we're the pod. Hey, welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and today our co-host is Diego. He's come back to get through some more Clone Wars, and uh, we actually watched uh, Solo. He watched he watched for Solo for the first time ever. It was about time. I don't know why I put it off so long with him, but uh, but yeah, we got through that. Uh, boom, Mandalorian comes out this week as long with Disney+. Plus. Super cool. Um, we do some speculating on episode 9 once again. I mean, when do we not? Uh, some other various things. But uh, I want to push the social media board towards you, uh, offering up our Twitter feed to follow SW Escape Podcast. Shoot us a tweet, direct message if you, you know, if you can, whatever. Uh, send us your questions, comments, any feedback, like it's most welcome. We also got an email, um, theescapepod at outlook.com. That's theescapepod at outlook.com. And uh, it's, you know, most welcome to get any mail through there as well. If you have any feedback, uh, questions, comments, anything. Um, But uh, yeah, shoot this podcast to a friend of yours. Anybody who might like Star Wars or might want to learn some more. Other than that, let's uh, chat with Diego about Clone Wars, Solo, and various other topics. Another happy landing. Hey, and uh, thanks so much, Diego, for coming back on Star Wars Escape Pod. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, we we have a bunch of stuff to go through today. Well, today's a big day yeah. because you just watched Solo. Yeah. And First we, time. Yeah. And we went through a ton of Clone Wars ahead of time. So we're just going to bash right through and talk about all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, just to, just to like... You know, to 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 before we get into all that, uh, there's there's a few things on the news that that we wanted to bring up. So you, you had a you had a topic that you found. Yeah, so I I have it right here. One in second. inspiration for the little appearance that you got. Yes. So uh, I had no idea, but um, after watching Solo for the first time, I found that Darth Maul was in the movie, and I I had going into this movie not seeing any trailers i never watched it i had no idea uh and then when darth maul pops up i was kind of like whoa and it was, it was a pretty cool moment but uh having said that i have an interesting topic to talk about here and uh there's a bit of a vote so it's saying who's more powerful darth maul or darth vader now uh I think for me, it's a pretty simple question, just solely based on. Did you do the vote? There's a vote no. on that page, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my vote. So like easy, 
Yeah, most people say 86% yeah. say Darth Vader, 10%, 10 say Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because yeah. there was actually an expanded universe comic that went into this where Vader was was fighting Maul. Um, oh. I think I brought that up at one point. But yeah, it's um uh yeah, it it it's a it's an obvious choice. I mean, yeah, every, everyone's going to root for Vader anyway. Yeah. But, but uh it would be cool to see, you know? I'm definitely. not going to lie. Like it's not something you really ever get to see, so Yeah, it would have to it, it, you couldn't put like like Darth Maul episode one up against like Return of the Jedi Vader, then it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of Vader's old at this point, and you know. Yeah, if we're talking Vader in his prime, what I would like to see is Anakin versus Maul. That's what I would like to see. Like pre-Vader. Like Anakin. yeah, like like you know, well, you know, he's just young Vader, young Vader. Yeah. Okay. Then obviously Anakin yeah. would win. He would. He would mutilate yeah. him yeah yeah before or after t- after the costume doesn't really matter i would just like to see that kind of time era of, yeah of him, of that would be pretty sweet but i st- i still do think that darth maul he would get annihilated for sure yeah not to discredit him in any way he's he's very powerful sith but uh he's only in one movie and we do see him in clone wars we do see him in um rebels but having said that just his track record doesn't last as long as you know faders yeah for sure so yeah. Now I know how much you love speculating on episode nine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. so, I say it sarcastically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, this one, J.J. Uh, Abrams on Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, he quotes, uh, this quote says, uh, I found myself doing things I'm not sure I would have been as daring to do on episode seven. And it's just that little quote that kind of pulled me into this article because uh, it really brings back all of what I've saying. I think what I was saying to you last time we we're on the show uh, or the time before that, that that Disney can't afford to hold anything back with this one. It's their last Skywalker film. Like, there's no way that they're going to do that. No, there's no way that they're going to hold anything back. So how do you feel about this quote by J.J. Abrams, the director and writer of this film? You know, like, what do you what do you get from this? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel that. I'm I'm basically going off my own biased opinion because we he, we heard this the same kind of you know I'm not gonna say excuse but uh, like quoting if you will in episode seven and for episode eight you know but then hearing this you know I found myself doing things I'm not sure I would have been as daring to do in episode seven so hearing something like that that makes me think that. You know, part of me wants to feel that he's, you know, he's telling the truth and he's really trying to go for a banger on this one. And he really wants to just go all all the way with this one. But I have been let down or many have been let down from the past two movies, uh, in my opinion. But mm. uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But going to it with an open mind. Yeah. Going, I, I'm going to go into it with an open mind. Yeah. But uh, once again, I have my biases and. With this one, like they, like I've said in in other episodes, like we we really, I gotta really see some. I need to see some like typical Star Wars stuff. I want to see people lose limbs. Like, pe- important people have to die in this. Like I I need darkness. Like I need that. Yeah. For this movie to you know kind of. You don't want them to. You, you don't want them to end too Disney happy. No no yeah. no. I this if they're gonna close it out if they, if the rise of Skywalker if this is it and then you know that's it for. The Star Wars as we know it, uh, for now kind of thing, they got to end it on a high note. They, 
some dark stuff has to happen. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. You, well, you want you, above all though, you want something that's very like George feeling. Yes, I you do know, want something that's continuated, uh, you know, continuation off of his films. Yeah. You know, bringing bringing importance to like the legacy characters. You know, yeah. we're, we're not just talking about Han, Luke and Leia here. We're also talking about, you know, Anakin Skywalker and his whole prophecy and, yeah. and all that. Palpatine and Rey and Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah if, so. if, if they're bringing about Palpatine, it's got to be done with with justice. Like it's got to be done right. Yeah, I, I honestly for three key things for me for this movie to make it great and kind of excuse episode seven and eight for me, three things, it would have to be, I gotta, I gotta see some like Lucas touch. Like I know he's not directing them and he's sold it to Disney and this, that, and the other thing. However, some sort of um, inspiration and kind of like feedback or like input from George Lucas would be great so seeing that i gotta see some bloodshed i gotta see dark things happening i gotta see people losing limbs important people dying like it's star wars and they're gonna finish it like this then some important people have to die mm -hmm. um and third and last thing some backstory to some of these new characters like, like snoke <laughs> like like honestly man like and like i've said before snoke to me is just such an irrelevant character at this point hyped up for a whole movie that he's this most powerful being and then he gets toyed by by kylo ren who can barely wield a lightsaber you yeah, know for like sure. yeah. so yeah to me he's just so irrelevant having said that um with this last film like some backstory to some some characters that they've brought in so like you know explain a little bit more on kylo ren and his origins and stuff like that but really, I, I have to see Rey. Like, what is she all about? What's her purpose? Why is she here? Uh, you know, Finn and all those other characters, I really could care less about. But, like, Kylo Ren and uh, Rey, like, I really need some backstory and some, like, solid foundation uh, spilled so we can, like, get something to to go off of to figure out who these people are because as they are for me they're just floaters in the movies mm -hmm. they, they don't really mean anything because they haven't really described them but yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's fair that's my that's what i would like to see going into this movie but again i'll go into it open-minded like i have yeah but we'll see well this is a big month for star wars because mm -hmm. uh okay so last Last week on two, as of this recording, we're, we're currently on, uh, this is November 11th on the Monday. Yeah. And uh, last week we had uh, an episode of Star Wars Resistance drop. We had uh, a Star Wars novel called Resistance Reborn. That's going to be a direct tie-in to episode nine. Uh, and uh, there was a Dr. Aphra comic drop. Uh, tomorrow, the first and the pilot of The Mandalorian drops on Disney Plus with the launch of Disney Plus. Big stuff coming. Oh, yeah. And on Friday this week, we get the second episode of The Mandalorian and the brand new video game Jedi Fallen Order. And that launches on Steam and Origin and uh, PS4 and Xbox. So, uh, yeah. And then the week after... Uh, in North America, we get the release of Force Collector. Uh, thanks to our friend Ian in the UK. He has actually done an earlier review of that with us. And that following Thursday, we get Vader Immortal Episode 3 and uh, another episode of Mandalorian. And the week after that, same as follows with a few comics in between. So that's that's a busy, oh, along with a few episodes of 
resistance along the way every sunday every sunday so you know it's a, it's a busy month for star wars there's a lot happening here yep. and there's going to be a lot to cover so uh you know being being a weekly release show you know some of the stuff might be covered on time some of it might not be uh, some of I, it might be missed <laughs> some of it might even be missed yes yep. but uh you know i will try my best to uh you know cover it all with uh with diego here yep. or with uh you know other people that will be on the show uh i know aj is coming back uh i know I spoke to Ian. He's going to be coming back to chat Star Wars Resistance Reborn with us at some point. And um, at some point in the future, if uh, uh, I have been in touch with uh, a man, his name's Dominic Pierce. Uh, he was uh, in at the first episode of Star Wars Mandalorian. I got in touch with him and he was good enough to uh, volunteer to come on the podcast at some point. So unless his calendar has changed uh, he will be coming on at some point to chat about his character called Gecko. Uh, he plays a bounty hunter in the first episode of The Mandalorian. So looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, in other forms of news, is there anything else? I think, um, I, I think I've got everything. Hold on one second. I believe that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I'm all covered up. So, mm-hmm. all right, cool. So, uh, we've got through a ton of stuff today. We, you, you know, you came over, I got a brand new projector. Yep. We, we were able to watch solo on, uh, a, uh, how big would you say that was uh, a projection screen on my wall? Could be bigger if I had an actual screen, but the white wall does just fine for now. Um, maybe, maybe I think it was about six, 70, was seven, 70 yeah, I think that'd be fair. 70 it was about 70 from inches, like the yeah. thermostat and the light switch to the end of the wall. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably like 70, give 70 or take. inch screen or so. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to watch solo on the big screen yeah. sort of, uh, got through a few more episodes of Clone Wars both today and the other day, yeah. which we're going to be covering those again. And I did write some stuff down just to, just to recap for you in case you forgot mm. um but uh other than that uh yeah that's that's that so um now surprisingly solo was actually uh in pretty decent uh, as far as like the expanded universe comes so yeah disney so like that's the first thing i wanted to dive into before we hear yeah. clone Wars stuff yeah um so you've never seen solo you kind of knew a reveal and about now you you just figured this out through youtube but you're aware of the fact that Maul comes back mm-hmm. at some point in the show. Yes. So you had no idea that he was going to pop up at the end of this movie. Uh, not a clue. Yeah. Not a clue. Not like, a clue. I, I, yeah. I had no idea. Your reaction was priceless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what are you? What are you kind of um, expecting from this appearance? Knowing that we're not really going to get any solo sequels, as far as been announced, it's it's very possible they could continue that story in a comic, in a book, or or on Disney Plus. You know, it's it's very likely, but uh, yeah, like like what like what was what was running through your head when when he just showed up? I uh, just pure excitement. I I can't even. The scene was short lived, so I, I couldn't I couldn't really put uh, everything I felt it into like a a, a good you know uh, response. But with the short time that I saw him when he lifts off his cloak, what got me is that um, he's being spoken to by. Uh, Han Solo's uh I guess wife or girlfriend or whatever Mm -hmm. uh and then I hear the voice and then I see him on the chair and I hear the voice and I think it sounds familiar I just can't put my tongue on exactly who it is and then he lifts his his hood up and I see Darth Maul and I kind of I kind of lose it for a second like whoa okay so that just happened and um we only see a snippet of him and he just you know ignites his lightsaber and then 
does a little dialogue with this uh, uh, girlfriend of Han Solo, and then that's it. Uh, but just it was it was a nice little treat. I'll, I'll put it like that. It was a nice little treat yeah. to see him. So the pacing of this movie is really well done. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what did you feel about like the tone itself? Because this is the first Star Wars movie I think you've seen, which. Aside from, I mean, in Rogue One, we got that appearance of Vader. Yes. But And technically, you know, Maul did have a little thing going on, even less so than Vader does. But but this is kind of the movie that it really focuses on, like, non-Force related people. Like, the Force has a very few presence in this movie. In in Rogue One, we had uh, Chirrut and Wei. And uh, he had his little force prayer that he said throughout the film. And, uh, you know, he was, he was blind and he relied on the Force to kind of... Uh, see yeah and uh you know it was a presence it was the presence of the force through another character not a jedi um now this is the first movie that takes a step even further further away from that direction yeah um did did that take you out of the 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 film for a bit or did you even notice it or or are you only noticing it now that i've like mentioned it no like i I did notice whilst watching the movie like it was very not it was very focused on these characters and and kind of the development so like uh, i knew going into the movie uh from things that i've heard uh, again i never watched any trailers or anything it's just things that i've heard uh but i i went into it knowing that it's essentially you know the story of han solo how he came to be how he met chewbacca and how they meet you know um lando and how they get a hold of the uh, millennium falcon and i knew going into it that was like the main deal but i had no idea that they had to steal all all this stuff there's some betrayal in the movie there's uh, some bloodshed it was it was very like blaster oriented Mm -hmm. there's like there's an ignition of uh of a lightsaber from darth maul in that one scene and that's all we get uh you know force wise but uh still i for me much better than rogue one however Having said that, the one scene of Darth Vader at the end of Rogue One uh, surpasses both those movies in their entirety, in my opinion. Because to me, throughout the whole series, that is probably the best scene uh, of all time. Because we, we we see Darth Vader for what he is, what he can do. Because we don't really get... Like, we get a little bit of it in the originals, but we don't see it to that degree. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. You don't really see him to be like a monster. Yeah. And in this scene, it's like, it depicts him as like this, you know, perfectly this, this monster that is coming down the hallway, nothing stopping him. Yeah. You know, people like slamming on the doors and the yeah. windows, like just petrified, you know. like terrified. They're going to die. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And for yeah, sure. He's, you know, he's choking. He's choking a guy behind him. He's blocking blaster. Uh, it's that one bolts. rebel trooper that's slamming on the window that goes, help us. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the music is like the, you know, the choir. And, yeah. and it's like, oh, my goodness. It's so yeah. like this gothic, like dark tone about it. Oh, yeah. It's, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it really gives you chills every time you watch it. Uh, yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, ironically enough, the song that's playing in the background, Michael Giacchino, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly or not there, but uh, he did a he did a brilliant job on the score of this song. He he did this whole score for the soundtrack, and it, I think it was like something crazy, like under six weeks or something. It, it oh, was wow. it might have been even less than that. It it was something insanely short. Like there was very little time to record uh, for, all for him to do the to write and or you know everything wow. the whole thing. It was it was 
brilliant done. But uh, the song that plays in the background uh, is called Hope, which is I thought that was like really, really interesting. I was like, wow, like the darkest song of the whole movie is called Hope. Kind like of the, ironic. The, yeah, it's really ironic. Yeah. I, I mean, it leads into a, a new hope. Yes. But um, but it's very interesting that 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 song that's just driving the terror, you know, leads directly into the film that, you know, brings us new light and, uh, you know, brings us a new a new hope, which which is supposed to, you know, be his son kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, I, I thought that was kind of a, yeah. a really cool like symmetry symmetry moment there um but you know when that's star wars is uh that's star wars is a speciality yeah yeah Yeah, and speaking of music like uh now now that you brought it up uh in han solo like why i say that i like it more than rogue one is also because of the music because um for the first bit of the movie it has its own kind of theme uh that's like for solo and it's it's they're good songs but then they play original uh soundtracks that we hear in a new hope of course not exactly the same note for note however you know the same idea with some variations of the song but it was it was good because it it had that uh nostalgia factor but they weren't mashing that button uh and it was just good to see you know we have lando we have Chewie, we have um han solo in the millennium falcon and we have the the same music that we see in the originals to them uh flying it and it was just good to see that it was a nice nice little touch of the of the nostalgia so i really like that and yeah i i did enjoy the movie i must say yeah 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 um i think uh there was one thing about solo uh which i i don't know if you noticed but the millennium falcon like spick span clean yeah you know by the time that flawless yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's almost a different ship oh but, definitely uh but uh you know that was that was one shocker moment when i first saw the movie i was like oh wow it's what a clean ship like yeah. you know like what yeah. happens to it yeah <laughs> and then by the end of the movie it's 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 a little more apparent what happens to it but but the inside wouldn't get nearly as damaged as the outside in that whole film so it's just like you know just goes to show how much of a slob han can be you know oh, yeah, just definitely. just like how he just doesn't take care of the inside of his ship that much. Yeah. He's all about the aftermarket upgrades and everything, but yeah. but he's such a greasy like mechanic in that sense. Just oh, yeah. like doesn't yeah. doesn't you know the seats are all like stained and yellowed yeah. and you know it's yeah. just just it looks different. Like Definitely. it has a different feeling Definitely. about it. Lando had it clean, and then when Han Solo comes in, he just kind of oh yeah he makes it his own. Let's say yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah yeah it was cool to see Corellia uh, mm-hmm. where they build the Star Destroyers. Uh, the shipyards, the Imperial shipyards there. That was really cool. Uh, this movie is really good for world building. If you didn't notice that, like we, we got taken to a, quite a few different planets. Yeah. And um, all very different environments uh, than what we've seen before. Um, uh, in a way. Uh, I mean, Corelli have, has always been talked about in the novels and the comics. And we never seen on screen until this film. Uh, Rogue One. Or, sorry. Um, Rogue One was, was very good for... Uh, uh, world building as well it's something that i think the spin-offs have been delivering a lot more towards the fans than so far from what i've at least been getting from the sequels that's just my opinion but mm-hmm. uh you know i felt like i've been getting a more enriched and star wars experience watching solo and rogue one over the force awakens or the last jedi and um yeah i think it's just 
you know, I got to see a Rodian. Like you, you saw a Rodian in Solo. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, I shouldn't have to freak out about that, but that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. in the Disney age that we still get some of the old classic aliens. Yeah. Um, Warwick Davis's character. Yeah. You instantly recognize that he was in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that his, his character's name, I think it's like Weasel or something like that, is actually the same character that he played in The Phantom Menace? Oh, really? Yeah. You know, in The Phantom Menace, when the pod racing is going on. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a character in the crowd. And yeah, with the dreadlocks and, and stuff. Apparently, that's his oh. same character. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's wow. the one that's like next to Watto, like, yeah. you know, laughing at Anakin when he's breaking down and everything. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. Yeah, George <laughs> put him in the movie. But yeah, when, when I guess, he, you know, he's always itching to come back and do more Star Wars. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, uh, and he did show up and do a few voices, uh, I think, through the animated series. I think he, he did one in particular in Rebels, which eventually we, we'll get into that when we reach the show. But yeah, um, but yeah no, it, I, I thought that was a really cool Easter egg that they put in. Like this, no, like, you know, it, just this background character in Star Wars, he, he actually ends up getting a line in a movie that's made 20 odd years later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, was there anything about the movie that you want to talk about? Or um, No, I, I would say definitely to the people who haven't seen it yet, I would definitely... Uh, give it a shot and watch it because it's uh, it's a pretty decent movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I liked it. Yeah. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Um, when Maul shows up, mm-hmm. so we discover in Solo he's the boss of the bosses that works for Crimson Dawn. Now Crimson Dawn is the organization that Dryden Voss who hires Beckett's crew yeah. to steal all this coaxium for. Yeah. Turns out that it's for this criminal organization called crimson dawn and it's led by the end of the movie we'll find out it's led by darth maul now most likely this is why kira ended up not going with han because she knew that darth maul is the guy behind it all and now i don't know if it's apparent to her what he's who he is kind of thing but she knows that he's a powerful guy oh yeah and i think she's more scared of him than and he, he she wants to leave han out of it uh, then, uh, then it is worth it to her to run away right. from all that, right? Yeah. But uh, about the Darth Maul part of that, you know, the last time you saw him, he's been cut in half, falling down a tube. Now you do know that he's he shows up in the Clone Wars. There's yes. a bit of a story arc there, mm-hmm. but I just want you to speculate what kind of goes from point A to point B of him leading this underground, underworld criminal organization called Crimson Dawn. You know what? Like, what exactly do you think happens in between? Just before we get to that point in the show, I just want to hear your thoughts on the matter. You know, I I really don't know, but I think, I think, you know, we see Darth Maul. He gets cut in half. As far as we know, he's completely dead. Then the Clone Wars, a show pops up, and he. I do know he pops up. I don't know what for, but with this organization that he's uh, supposedly running, uh, you know, I think I think there might be some some like some theft some really you know high high risk operations trying to go on and you know like bloodshed of course uh but i i don't know exactly what they're gonna do but i definitely think that there's gonna be some some uh uh, what's a good word like uh, some mischief not mischief like deviousness Mm. you know yeah some Mm. some rotten stuff I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to how to describe it, but I definitely think there's going to be some greasy stuff going on. So, yeah, yeah. 
okay, so let's uh, let's try Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so our first episode that we went through was Season 1, Episode 15, Trespass. Uh, now, this took place on the uh, ice planet of, I think it's Orto Plutoria or Plutonia or something. Uh, the the Pantorans uh, have claimed the planet uh, because it's to them, uh, you know, the uh, the guy who's who's uh, the chairman who's uh, in charge of uh, this little pact of uh, pa- um, of Pantorans uh, have have claimed the planet theirs because it's uninhabited. It's in uh, Pantoran space. Um, you know, he says, okay, this planet belongs to us kind of thing. Uh, and uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are there with uh, Rex and the 501st. And uh, they've essentially gone with the Senator uh, Ryo Chuchi and uh, this chairman to investigate what happened to an outpost, a military outpost for the Republic that was attacked and uh, decimated. There was a bit of a war going on. I think the Separatists had a droid army uh, land on the planet and there was a bit of a fight there. And basically the episode starts with there's nobody left. The clones are all dead. They find out all the droids are dead and they find out that a native species, the Tals, uh, have actually been inhabited inhabiting this world for a very long time yes. that just nobody knew about. Yeah. And so it, it's very much it, reminiscent of like the um the the you know the natives and the British settlers kind yeah. of story. Yeah. Um there was a very deep connection there and a lot of imagery on on that. And did you get anything from this episode that was, you know, kind of a deep um conversation in regard to that matter or like did you pick anything out uh it's a good way to put it like that i'd say with uh, in regards to the settlers and the natives um but you do kind of get that vibe where it's it's this, this like tribe that they're very low in numbers but they are they've been there forever and then these other you know whether it be droids or jedi they come and they invade and then they start killing off more of them and then there's even less um but yeah very um it would have been interesting to see a bit more of them and a bit more like detail of what they uh exactly what they are more but um it was good to see them yeah 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 um at some point in the episode anakin and obi-wan instruct they're they're actually again this is another episode where you see anakin and obi-wan act as peacekeepers yes which is cool because you know while they're leading this war it's nice to see that they still maintain a lot of that while they're acting as generals yeah but um you you see them say to the clones to rex uh, they're only allowed to defend the chairman uh chicho is his name uh who wants war with the Tals. and uh that being said is because he's actually going against any authorization that he has uh to do so uh, you know, he's uh, adamant in his ways. He's a stubborn chairman. He wants this planet under Pantoran control. He doesn't believe the natives have the right or the, uh, you know, the ability to, I guess, survive on this planet on their own. And, you know, he, he uh, it's all about control. It's all yeah. it's all about control and power. And it's 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 the greed of 
people in in the political system that that want um, you know control over this planet. And I, I don't know what this planet even has to offer. Like you know, it's not, it, they didn't even bring up the fact that there's resources on this planet or anything. It's all about just you know controlling the, the world itself. Um, but uh, the senator, on the other hand, Rio uh, uh, Rio is it? I think it's Rio. Yeah, uh, Rio Chuchi. Uh, she. Uh, she doesn't obviously agree with the chairman, but but he has more power than she does. Yep. And so he's the only guy, along with his bodyguards, that are kind of adamant about fighting the Tals. And Anakin and Obi-Wan advise against it. The senator advises against it. But uh, when they kind, they kind of tattle on him to the people, the, 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 the speaker of their world. Mm. And he gives them authorization to overwrite his command and uh, basically make peace with the Tals and leave the planet under their watch. Yeah. And uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, the chairman has gone to war with the Tals and the clones are defending him. A lot of clones die in the process. And uh, Rex really steps up his game. Like we see yeah. Rex just be a boss in this, yeah. you know, after yeah. the chairman gets uh, spear through the back. Uh, he has that little line where he's like, savages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Rex, Rex runs over, like just flops him over his shoulder and keeps running. And, yeah. you know, like, oh man, I love Rex so much. Yeah. He's um, they have a last stand on the edge of that cliff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but yeah, the senator makes it in time to make peace with the, uh, the chief of the Tal tribe or whatever. And, uh, the, the chairman dies having wasted his efforts and his life on a, pointless war with you know a race of people who only wanted to make peace in the first place so it, it, it was a very good story I, I think it was very deep uh with the especially with the native and the british settlers um okay. yeah so like social studies grade nine. Oh yeah for sure back yeah. in grade nine yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> um is there anything else you want to say about that one or no no okay all right let's bash to the next one here uh season one episode 17 was the next one it was called blue shadow virus this one was kind of an interesting one um the war has caught up with Naboo. So we go back to Naboo and the separatists have built a underground base there where they've hired a scientist, a mad scientist, creating, recreating uh, the blue shadow virus. Um, and uh, it's the project is supported by the Confederacy of Independent Systems. This guy does not just like, he he's not a separatist. He's uh, He's a mad scientist that will you know, that, that will take all the funding that he gets to make this chemical, yeah. you know, this, this, uh, this virus that's been, that was eradicated from the galaxy at one point because it's so deadly to anything living. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he, his evil plan is to make it airborne, uh, even though originally it is only active through water. Or something like that. Yeah. Now, uh, the mad scientist's name is Nuvo Vindi, who disappeared 10 years prior to the Clone War. This is a really interesting thing that I pointed out to you when we were watching it, because that 10-year mark also marks the same year that Sifo-Dyas disappeared from the Jedi Order. Yeah. So it's it's like that 10-year mark prior to the Clone Wars is kind of when things start to transpire. Now, it makes me wonder if, uh, if you dig deeper into the Confederacy of Independent Systems, Palpatine is behind the whole thing, right? He's the, he's the puppet master. Oh yeah. So it makes me wonder if maybe he's, you know, got some hand in hiring Nuvo Vindi to recreate this blue shadow virus. Now it it never. I'll I'll also go ahead and say this: like it never actually, the story in the Clone Wars never goes back to this thread. It never goes back to this storyline 
the blue shadow virus, I don't, I don't believe it makes an appearance again. But uh, yeah, it's you know, I thought it was kind of an interesting little thing. Yeah. The, the ten years, the ten year mark. Um, we met a Gungan by the name of Peppy, who is a, a, a shepherd for these big creatures those ones that anakin's like riding on when uh he falls off and yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> has this moment he's like oh and, yeah. you know and does this thing that's when an attack of the clones you know what i'm talking yeah. about yeah, yeah. yeah. those uh, those wild beasts on the boo yeah with the massive tuckuses yeah um there's uh uh obi-wan oh yeah obi-wan warns anakin in this episode not to let padme's life determine his actions on the mission and Anakin gets very angry about this because Padme ends up investigating this base with the uh with Jar Jar uh, uh yes with Jar Jar uh, Ahsoka ends up down there as well they come they kind of have a plan to take this base and everything what they ended up getting trapped inside and uh yeah and and the the virus gets loose and um you know uh yeah Anakin Obi-Wan has to remind Anakin to keep his personal feelings at bay yeah uh, it's a it's another moment that kind of you know it really brings you back to episode three yeah and just, just how two. much anakin is being held back you know yeah. it, it it like when he says that when anakin says that line you know you know obi-wan he's holding me back you know it's it's not just about his abilities like and you know mind you to be fair to obi-wan it's not obi-wan's fault but it's just a part of the jedi code like you have to like hold your so much of yourself back like essentially you're you're taking a lot of human aspects away from your life you know love personal feelings uh, attachment a lot of those things that what make us human um it's like stripping all that away and then just leaving the compassionate side uh to protect people and to keep the peace but then that's it yeah. you know like it's it's really like a whole lot of uh, selflessness, but at the same time, not caring enough about themselves to put themselves first. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, honestly, like it, it's it would be a hard life to live. Like definitely. Yeah, like uh, you know, I mean, you see people just as soldiers in the military coming back home, and they're different people. Definitely. And and it's not just from like the killing, but it's it's also just from, you know, the way that they have to be. Like uh, very. Uh, very cold-blooded. Um, yeah, just very disciplined. Very yeah. disciplined people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 tough on Anakin because when we meet him, he's this chipper little boy, and you know, and uh, this always really touches me. I, like I don't, people just don't see it enough in the Phantom Menace. But Anakin is a you know he's a boy that we we meet. He is such a happy kid. You know, he's such a happy kid. But it's it it's really like. Um, it's a, it's one of those situations. It's like if you go to Africa, and if you were to go to like this tribe in the middle of nowhere where they have where they're you know where they have nothing, but they're so happy mm-hmm. all the time, you mm-hmm. know. And you know, I'm sure you see this maybe in in El Salvador, mm-hmm. probably right. Like, mm-hmm. is there like a lot of poor people there? Yeah, and, there's definitely poverty. There's definitely yeah. rich people there, but like, uh, but they're not like like they're happy right like they're yeah, they're very like, like selfless people and yeah there's like like anywhere really there's obviously you know bad apples and stuff but like for the most part in my experiences there the few times i've gone back like there's you go there everyone's nice everyone's willing to you know 
help you out and it's not it's it's you know it's very very strong sense of community there wherever you go for the most part a lot of culture yeah definitely yeah and anakin is raised as a slave yeah he has gotten nothing like he like you know his mom and him were raised in slavery yeah he's never known a life outside of slavery because shmi skywalker had him while she was a slave uh and you know they were sold to gardula the hut and and such and such but um you know, they like Anakin's never known a life outside of slavery, but he's so willing to just give, you know, Qui-Gon, you know, shows up with these, this, his friends, you know, Jar Jar and Padme and, you know, and they, they need help. And uh, Anakin is all too happy to, you know, risk his life racing this race just to win, you know, the, the parts and the money that, that they need to get them themselves out of there mm-hmm. isn't he does nothing for himself you know and and Qui-Gon has that line which always it's always like such an emotional line to hear it's like he talks to Shmi and he says he gives without any thought of reward and and uh and then Shmi has you know continues the conversation and stuff but it's really like touching to like see him be this happy selfless you know generous caring boy and then it's almost sad to see him go after the Jedi and have him be instructed to keep those feelings to himself. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, stick to the code and, yeah. um, you know, do your job to protect people and keep the peace. But uh, you can't, you know, love, you know, you can't um, be with anybody. And and this is a boy that's also grown a very large attachment to his mother yeah. as well. And at this point, they almost, you know, when, he, when they take him in, they don't almost don't train him because, you know, he's got those attachments to his to his family. A lot of the time they take them when they're infants and they, then they can't remember their family to know what those feelings feel like. They're almost uh, they almost grow up to be like drones yeah. of some kind, yeah. um, which really like, you know, if you look at Mace Windu, for example, you really get that feeling, you know, when, you, you know, he's very, very, neutral. very, very, very neutral. dry, very yeah. gray yeah. Uh, personality. Yeah. Kiari Mundi, same yeah. thing. Uh, in the Clone Wars, you get a little more personality, but but. In the films, like, you know, it's very clear that it's like, you know, once they're they're just in business mode all the time, you know, uh, that would be such a boring, bland life, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't I can't even imagine I would that would drive me crazy as well. I would want to yeah. leave the Jedi Order, too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, Anakin, Obi-Wan warns Anakin not to let it, Padme's life determine his actions on the mission. But Anakin typically lets his feelings dictate his actions in anything he does. So for him, it's a very difficult situation, but he gets angry about it and defends himself. And he's also got this line, which says, uh, uh, <laughs> he said uh, to Nuvo Vindi, I think he says, uh, when, uh, I forget what this was for, but he has this little line, which I wrote down the quote. He says, fine with me, as long as one of the options is killing you. <laughs> he's just like, just like, so uh, no mercy, you know, yeah. just like wants to, wants to solve all the problems by just, killing people but um yeah anything to say about that episode or uh yeah i mean going back to anakin like it's good to you really start to see just in the in the short completion of the first season of the show you really start to see some character development coming in and especially with anakin going back to him like he's very uh you can tell that he it's hard for him with the films and the show like it's hard for him to to want to be a keeper of the peace but he also wants to you know retain that human emotional side of him and you can see it completely splits him in half right because he's torn 
because I think we get a we get a feeling that he he thinks to himself that he can do it all kind of thing. Yeah. Which ends up driving him completely insane and killing yeah. a lot of people. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely a sad story of Anakin. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, season one, episode 18, mystery of a thousand moons. Uh, Anakin's patience comes up again when he charges off that ship and takes yep. down all those uh, weaponless droids that uh, Jabo has reprogrammed to basically be his servant droids. Yeah, unknowingly <laughs> attacks them. And- yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this was an interesting one because we get to see the angels of the Iego. Now, this is also a line that came up in The Phantom Menace when Anakin says to Padme, this super controversial line, yeah. are you an angel? You know, and then uh, and then Padme goes, uh, what? He goes, an angel. You know, the I hear, uh, and then he says something along the lines of... Uh, I think they're on the moons of Diego. I think uh, all the star pilots that pass through here talk about them and and stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that we finally get to see what he's talking about. He's not yeah. just a crazy little kid. He's yeah. you know he, he hears the stories about these angels that these smugglers are and these you know these people that have had adventures across the stars have come across and and seen the they're actually natives to uh, one of the moons of Diego, uh, Milius Prime or something. Um, which uh, when Anakin and Obi-Wan get to this planet, they figure out that there's a, a separatist security system that's been installed on Millie's Prime, which activates and no ships can actually leave. They get, you know, destroyed in this electrical field. And uh, the whole idea of the mission is that they're trying to find this cure for the blue shadow virus to cure Ahsoka and Padme and, and all, everyone that's in the bunker because uh, that bomb goes off. And, uh, you know, they have to get this route from this plant and, and then they have to take out the security system to leave Diego. Uh, but uh, what I noticed, the, the main thing from I, I took away from this episode was that Jabo has this instant connection with Anakin as a droid builder. Because Anakin, you know, he goes up to one of the droids and he says some gibberish and, and you know, some mechanical techie techie line some jargon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's totally and yeah. uh, and you know and and jable's like i see you know your droids yeah. and uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh he's like want me to show you how i did it and then yeah. uh <laughs> yeah. and then uh obi-wan just juts in he's like uh perhaps another time and yeah. uh you know they, they have to continue with their mission but yeah, yeah. jabo has an instant connection with anakin as like a mechanic uh, yeah. i thought that was kind of cool yeah that uh yeah it, it just there's there's a lot of a lot of things there yeah. um yeah, it made me smile. But the last couple episodes that we watched was the Ryloth trilogy, Storm Over Ryloth, Innocence of Ryloth, and Liberty of Ryloth. That's uh, season one, episodes 19 through 21. Uh, first episode, Storm Over Ryloth, Anakin gives Ahsoka the, uh, the position as commander to take control of uh, his fleet uh, as he creates a diversion. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, she she actually in the beginning of the mission, she fails her her uh, task of destroying um, the uh, what do you call it? The separatist, uh, you know, all the all the all the vulture droids take out her whole uh, fleet. Yeah, her yeah. whole uh, fleet of, of uh, V-19 torrent fighters that are behind her ship. Uh, yeah. But anyway, she, she feels sorry for all the lives that she's lost. And uh, has little faith in her own ability to command. And Anakin, you know, entrusts her again with the commander position. And uh, she formulates a plan to basically take out the blockade above Ryloth. And Anakin has his part as well. 
Uh, I didn't really take away too much from this episode. It was more or less just like the beginning of this trilogy, which ends up getting a little deeper. But did you? No, anything? not not in that first episode of that yeah. little trilogy. No, not so much. Uh, the next one, Innocence of Ryloth. This is where it kind of gets deeper. Yeah. Uh, Waxer and Boyle, who we we meet uh, in these episodes, similar to Fives and Echo on the Five O First. Yeah. Uh, Waxer and Boyle are the are kind of the same sort of characters, uh, but in Obi Wan's legion of clones and the 222nd legion Mm -hmm. so uh they meet uh numa a little twi'lek girl when they're sent off to scout obi-wan has taken the 222nd legion to help save uh cities around the planet of ryloth and liberate all this uh all the uh i want to say slaves uh, uh, all the prisoners yeah the twi'leks have been taken prisoner by the the separatist alliance uh there was that episode a while ago that we watched i'm blanking on the name um and uh it was the one where that uh, Nikto Jedi and the, his clone captain die on the front lines protecting Chams and Dula's clan as they kind of get away. Mm-hmm. I think I brought this up to you earlier. Yeah. About that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Separatists since then have, have I guess, you know, really taken control of, of Ryloth. And this whole trilogy is about the Republic taking it back. Uh, but uh, you get to see... Something really cool in this episode, what stood out to me was the beast taming uh, scene when Obi-Wan, you know, reaches out to those ravages, you know, creatures that have come to eat all the clones. <laughs> you know, this the droid, uh, the the separatist droid guy, he's, he's been starving these creatures to, you know, as a trap for the clones when they come to liberate the yeah yeah the people uses a b1 droid as a test but then the the <laughs> spits them out <laughs> spits them out because the creature wants actual meat yeah and exactly the, the battle on the b1 droid is like oh that's a relief yeah, yeah i saw i saw that uh you know when he reached out his hands and started you know t- you know uh, diverting these creatures into this little area like, yeah it's this really cool moment because uh anakin does the same thing in the gene ocean arena yeah with the beast so beast taming is actually you know, uh, influence of the mind over a creature through a Jedi is uh, very much like a Jedi thing to do. Like a but kind of like a Jedi mind trick for a creature. Kind of, yeah, kind yeah. Of, yeah. But did you notice? Did you see one of the clones just kind of marvel at this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, Cody goes, uh, "Shut it, rookie," or something. You know, he kind of shuts him up. But, yeah. but I was like, "Wow, this is kind of cool." Like you get yeah. to see some of the clones just, you know, really soak it in. And question like it. What they're, yeah, like, yeah. like you know, people who have, like, you know, there's people out there that have never seen the Force in action. And, yeah. you know, this clone trooper might have just been, even though he's a new guy, he's a rookie probably, uh, he's probably never seen anything like this before. He's probably, yeah. you know, he knows that Obi-Wan can, you know, super jump and force push and whatever. But, like, yeah. he has no idea how the Force works. Yeah. Like, as a, as a Star Wars fan, we, we obviously, we don't think twice about it. But if you think about it through the eyes of this clone trooper that just noticed Obi-Wan do this miraculous thing it's almost like watching like moses part the part the red sea kind of thing it's, yeah. it's like this this Just awe-inspiring a, like moment a for this clone yeah, yeah this clone has no yeah. idea like what the force is capable of yeah and uh yeah but it just goes to show it's like there's people on the front lines out there that that just go you know they're so blind to what the force can do yeah um but uh yeah it's it's more than just you know telekinetic powers it's it's all a, yeah so that really stood out to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, Numa, I gotta tell you this though, Numa will pop up again. She's okay. she's a character that comes back eventually at some point. Oh, okay. Um, 
And uh, we get the last episode, Liberty on Ryloth. Mace leads the charge, the final charge against uh, the capital city. And uh, you get to see a, a cool force glass shatter power that he's got. Yeah. Uh, puts his hand against this window and it reverberates and smashes the glass and gets yeah. this trooper out of this tank. That like a small little and, force push on the glass. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and we got to see uh, Wat Tambor's greed take over and he ends up missing his flight out of the city before his droid kind of hijacks it and leaves and um you know with all his riches yeah (laughs) yeah oh his greed got the better of him and he's taken prisoner yeah um but uh yeah overall like uh there was this really like uh interesting sense of of um those like waxer and boil like they develop a, a good relationship with numa and uh Numa calls them uh, brother, brother. Yeah. yeah, in in her native language. Yeah, and um, you know she probably doesn't know how to speak a whole lot in general because she's she I think she's supposed to be like six yeah. or four or something. She's just or a girl, five. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like very young. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, when they go to her home, that's all like broken down and destroyed, and and she's got like nothing left. She's it got really, that doll. Yeah, she's yeah. got that squeaker doll that yeah. that it picks up and she starts to cry when she holds it. It was actually mm-hmm. it's so sad. Yeah. Like it's it's just such this really like touching moment like, like you when see, you watch you that. You see someone who's had everything taken away from them. Oh like, yeah, the yeah. The smallest sure. little memory of something yeah. physical that they once had and then she reunites with this doll and it, yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see. You that. see the effects of the war on the innocent. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's yeah, hence the title The Innocence of Ryloth. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like like war is just you know it's more than just uh, more than just like two sides fighting over who's right and who's who's wrong or whatever it is. There's a lot. Uh, there's it. a lot more people at stake here, and yeah. and you get to see in this in these episodes just how many lives are at stake and how many depend on uh, on you know the the Jedi and the clones to come in and and uh, protect them. But Champs and Dula has a really interesting line at some point because mace windu goes to him for help to try and push the the you know the campaign against the the capital to take it back and uh champs and doula says uh, uh how long before i am fighting you master jedi you know when 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 he kind of says uh hey well, yeah you know after we're gone we'll leave a few troopers behind just to keep the peace but he, you know cham really disagrees with that he's like yeah. no 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 once the war is over it's over like you guys pack up and leave yeah you know even though we're, we're part of the republic we, we don't want a militia here yeah you know we don't want a military presence here we want it to be uh, just we want to be yeah. yeah we want to be a free ryloth Second, even though we yeah. are part of the republic we want to be a, a free people a free a free ryloth yeah so uh yeah that line though it, it's it's really interesting that that he says how long before I'm fighting you? Yeah. You know, like the, even though you're our savior, you're our, you're our protector at the moment, how long is it going to be before you become the enemy? You know, and it's almost like um, it's like that's that oh, it's like the dark night. It's like the dark night. It's like uh, uh, what is it again? Yeah. Uh, you either die a hero yeah. or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah it's it's like that. It's like that. It's it's so you know. It's in in a lot of ways. It's true. It's like you either, you know, you either, uh, you know, you you either die a hero or, or you see yourself slowly become who you're fighting a, a, against. A toxic thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah who you're fighting against. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like you might be fighting for freedom at first, but then at some point, you know, 
you're fighting so hard to gain control that uh, you turn into the very thing that what you're fighting is, you know, it's much uh, like Anakin's story. Yeah, exactly. Much yeah. like Anakin's story. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he became the very thing that he swore to destroy. And that yeah. was over, um, you know, selfish choices and, and for many other reasons that ended up pushing him away from the Jedi order. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, it's more than just in his case, it's more than just Padme. It's, it's a lot of things, but, um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, there's some, there's some deep story there. So that was our clone Wars run for the day. Solo, all that stuff. Um, is Champs and Dula? Do we not see Champs and Dula or, or uh, Champs and Dula popped up in that episode? Supply lines is what it's called. Now I'm no, no. It was see, with the Nikto Jedi. Did we see him in Return of the Jedi? Like when they arrive at Jabba's palace? Uh, no, or not no, not exactly. Dula is one of his people. Uh oh, Twi- just a Twi'lek in general. Yes. Oh, Twi'leks are yeah, Twi'leks yes. are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Twi'lek. There was a Twi'lek dancer on the floor of Jabba's palace. Yes. She was the one that gets eaten by the Rancor. And also the guy with the hood, I believe. Yeah, there's a few of them. There's yeah, a few of them okay, really popping yeah, up. Yeah, Twi'leks right. are actually very common in yes. the George era of Star Wars. But yeah. that's the kind of thing I'm talking about with the next films. It's like, you, you know, you don't you just don't see those anymore. You yeah. don't see the Rodians. You don't see the Twi'leks. Nope. Uh, it's just like I really want to see those in the in the the new films. But yeah, uh, we'll man. see what happens. But I mean, they have a they've got two movies worth. Yeah. To uh, of stuff to like, you know, questions to ask and and uh, or questions to answer rather and they have a lot of stuff to cover, to bring up and to like put to rest and like really that's a lot of stuff to 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 get on on screen for like two and a half, three hours kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So but we'll see, we'll see how they handle it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's they they're they're hyping it they're, they're hyping it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the last two so uh we'll just we'll just see go yep. into it with an open mind and see what happens absolutely come december 19th or december 20th yeah yeah december 20th yeah now as far as the mandalorian goes um do you want to move on from clone wars now and talk about other stuff sure okay um we got better close it off here soon because uh we don't have too much time left yeah but um uh we'll try and wrap up before before 6 20 here um uh, the Mandalorian that gets released tomorrow. Uh, are you going to watch it day one, or did you? Or were you coming out to our gathering? I, I got a, I got an idea for a roundtable tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to be doing a roundtable review of the first episode of the Mandalorian, and whether or not I get around to publishing that episode day one, that's still questionable. I'll do my best, but. Uh, the plan is to get that out as soon as possible. So did you want to be a part of that? I will let you know. It depends on how the workday goes and how uh, yeah. tired I am from tomorrow. But we, yeah, sure. we'll see. I'll definitely keep in touch with you throughout the day. And Yeah. yeah. Big big stuff coming out, guys, just before the, the new movie, Rise of Skywalker, to come out. And mm-hmm. Mandalorian starts tomorrow, which looks, I must say, pretty, pretty good. If it's anything, since all like bounty hunters and stuff, like I just saw Stolo, less Stolo. Solo, Solo, yeah, <laughs> Solo, yeah. I just saw Solo, and I, I was, uh, I was quite impressed actually, and it was, it was pretty good, and I like that movie and the action in it. So, yeah. Mandalorian is to be a TV show, and every episode is, I think you said like an hour long or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah, so oh, it's like yeah. a movie. Every it's like the boys, right? Yeah, like every episode is a mini movie or yeah. half of a movie game of thrones of or yeah yeah exactly yeah. so it'll be exciting to see uh new stuff coming out so speaking of mandalorian john favreau was actually in solo he's he's one of the one of the creatives on on 
on the Mandalorian, but oh. um, he played uh, I'm I, I forget the character's name the the alien pilot that died on the train heist. Oh, who scene. got shot? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. He yeah, plays yeah. him. Yeah, John Favreau. Huh. Yeah, yeah. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Yeah, uh, he plays Happy in Iron Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, he also has a, a character in the Clone Wars. His name's Pre Vizsla. Uh, we actually watched the trailer for season two the other day. Yep. And uh, you got to see Pre Vizsla at the very end there with the uh, that cowboy you know, looking guy. Yeah. Well, he's um, yeah, and Cad Bane, yeah. Cad Bane the bounty hunter. Yeah. So it's it's going to be an interesting season of Clone Wars ahead. Now that we've just finished up on like the phase one of of the the series, so yep. you're pretty much a, a fifth of the way through it at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good things to come. So definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for coming back on the show, Diego. Uh, yeah, joining us me. right here in Star Wars Escape Pod. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I no uh, guess uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Take it easy, guys. All right. Thanks so much, Diego, for coming back in Star Wars Escape Pod. We'll chat with you very soon. Uh, solo. Interesting first experience. The reaction on your face when uh, you saw Darth Maul pop back on screen was priceless, just so you know. <laughs> but. Uh, Mandalorian comes out this week, which is big news. I keep talking about that, but I'm actually super stoked for it. I'll be doing a bit of a roundtable if I can manage uh, coordinating guests and co-hosts and whatever. Um, We got a special guest coming up eventually, though, uh, if he has the time. I don't want to build it up too much, but his name's Dominic, and uh, he played a bounty hunter in the first episode of The Mandalorian. And uh, I believe the ma- the bounty hunter's name is Gecko. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Chatting with him about his experience on set with Dave Filoni and John Favreau and the, the crowd. I would be, uh, wouldn't be surprised if maybe he met George Lucas. Who knows? I'll, we will ask him. We will do our best to ask. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Again, share this podcast with your friends. Let's get it out there. Uh, send us a tweet, SW Escape Podcast, and uh, theescapepod at outlook.com. Send us feedback, questions, maybe even topics that you want us to cover. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that would be a huge favor. And, you know, again, if you can review, uh, thumbs up, five stars, everything you can. Thanks so much, guys. May the force be with you and enjoy The Mandalorian. It's like-